Hello, 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 and welcome to episode six of Baki Talkie. Uh, so the first five episodes are now out to the viewing public, and I realize some people might think that I don't have any female friends based on the co-host, so to prove them wrong, I've brought my sister onto the show. Say hi, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> oh boy, we're going to have a lot I'm of jokes. I'm starting with, with quality jokes right off the bat. <laughs> Perfect. So, two questions for you that I ask every guest. So first off, other than Baki, what shows are you watching? Oh, what shows am I watching? I just finished watching the Stranger Things episodes that are out. Pretty good. I'm very excited for the final two to come out. Yep. All right. Well, nice, nice and brief, nice and short. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil Stranger Things. It just came out. I don't want to. There's not really anything I can uh, say about it. Is it strange? Potentially stranger. The seasons just get stranger and stranger. All right. And second question. Before watching this episode, what did you know about Baki going into it? Well, I listened to your first episode with Jack, but I was kind of like doing chores and half listening. So I don't really know what the plot is. You had also said that you were starting a podcast about Baki. And I'm also mainly here to take credit for coming up with the name Baki Talkie. So that's the main uh, knowledge I have of the show. <laughs> All right. I'm going to edit that part out, but. Uh... No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's jump right into it. This episode is, I think this was the first step. When I first watched Baki, this was the episode that made me realize it was something special. Although the previous episode was also good. This episode starts with the conclusion to the Hanayama spec fight from last week. And it starts off with... It starts off with a bang, really. Hanayama with his gruesome skull mouth, um, which I want to get your thoughts on. But uh, the fight starts with Hanayama punching spec about 20 feet in the air, and then he hits a lamppost and electrocutes himself. Well then, have you had enough yet? I wanted to get your thoughts on just what, what what just happened there. Well, I think my first main question I had when I was watching it is, are there holes in his face or does he have three separate mouths? Because I think I was processing it as him having three separate mouths for probably about 10 minutes or so. <laughs> and then I realized that he just had like holes in his face. But it, it seems as though his teeth go at a much wider angle than a normal human mouth would. Well, that's the thing. Hanayama is not a normal man. Sure, any normal person takes that kind of beating. It's game over. But the key word there is normal. Believe me, there is nothing normal about Karu Hanayama. <laughs> but you're, you're completely right. It looks very odd. Um, for context, the, the cliffhanger to the last episode was Speck put a bunch of bullets in his mouth and then made them explode. And so his mouth literally exploded. So he didn't used to have a hole in his, or holes in his mouth. Um, oh, it, these are, like, these are recent. They, they happened <laughs> just, about like, one second ago. Yes. Yeah, it really, it really did feel because I didn't watch any of the previous episodes. It felt very uh, like I was launched into the middle of something with no contact. 
Literally I was also very episode. surprised that uh, Baki doesn't show up until there's only four minutes left. <laughs> if if you'd watched the previous five, that's very par for the course. Baki Baki feels like in some episodes he just shows up because of like a contract thing, and he has to show up in each episode. He he doesn't do a lot. Yeah, no, no. like how's how's his class going today? <laughs> oh man, I can't wait just... to talk about his class scene. <laughs> but that's that's later. That's later. So yes. Hanayama, with his gruesome three mouths, punches Speck 20 feet in the air into a light post, which electrocutes him. Amazing. Yes, loved it. And then uh, he takes him, drags him over to the police department. I wanted to get your thoughts there, as the juxtaposition of Hanayama as this mythical figure in his, in his thong and tattoo versus the 50 police officers cowering before him. Do you think Hanayama could overthrow the government? by himself so hanayama is he the guy with the tattoos or is he the holes in his face guy? holes in his face he also has a big tattoo on his back but you are right they both do have tattoos hanayama has holes in his face could he overthrow the government do you mean like could he fight down the police yes could he could he could he take on the entire police department that we saw in that scene well i mean if he can get his hands on them he can just grip them apart so if he's within range of all of the police yes <laughs> yep and it's really hard to shoot him because of all the holes <laughs> yep and that's 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 not just speculation that is a <laughs> that's canon right there um, now you brought up his thong it's very <laughs> It's, is this typical of Baki? Because it seemed from, like, the intro seemed like they had a lot of, like, short shorts and thongs and no shirts. Is this is this part for the course for Baki? Or was this just a special episode? So I wouldn't say that most fighters fight like that, but I wouldn't say it's unusual. Um, he's he's definitely not the only guy who fights in a thong. Um once, once we get Mr. And did he Oliver. start? Did he start the fight in the thong? Oh man, uh, he started the fight by wearing a nice uh, suit, like a mobster type of suit, and then he grabbed his pants and tore them off like they were tearaway pants, but they were just regular dress pants. And then he ripped off his entire outfit like uh, Lou Ferrigno's The Hulk, and then and... ripped off his cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then his, then his cheeks. They were tearaway came. cheeks. He realized he was showing too many cheeks, so he got, he got rid of the, the two of them. I also noticed that he was crying blood, like as if his tear ducts had blood tears ready to go. Yeah, I think that was the author trying to like conceptualize the idea that a bomb went off in your mouth. Like, I guess your cheeks fly off and you start bleeding out of your eyes. Honestly, not the I mean, worst case scenario. I don't, I don't know that that's not what happens, so... If that's all that happened to me after a bomb went off in my mouth, I'd be okay with it, honestly. Well, you're not... What's his name again? Hanayama. Kaoru... Kaoru... Oh my god. Kaoru Hanayama. Kaoru Hanayama. So that's... So Hanayama brings Speck to the uh, police department headquarters, drops him off. Speck is completely defeated. Um, the chief thanks... Hanayama, local Yakuza boss. Show him some respect. Hanayama, we owe you big time for this one. Um, and tells him to, uh, tells one of his men to drive him home. Uh, 
And then, unbeknownst to us, Speck, of course, was faking it, defeats the entire police department that was around him. And then we get a nice change in perspective. Uh, what, what did you think of our narrator, Sergeant, uh, whatever his name was? The driver, Sergeant Suneo Katahira. Two main thoughts. My first one was just that I was uh, very surprised at how much time we spent with him. <laughs> in that, like, it, there's a little intro, and then we're with him for pretty much the rest of this encounter that he witnessed. So I didn't think he was going to play as big a part as he did. My second thought on him was that he really seems to uh, pretend like he doesn't know like he knows a normal amount about Hanayama but he knows a lot about him <laughs> no offense but it's obvious you people don't have any idea what kind of man Hanayama is I don't think there's a cop alive who hasn't heard of the legendary brawler Kaoru Hanayama I know I shouldn't be saying this being a cop and all but I kind of wish I could be more like him even as a cop you have to admire the way he fights I've heard his grip strength is so strong it can't even be measured on a dynamometer. And I've also heard the rumor that he once tore a chunk out of a deck of playing cards with just two fingers, a whole chunk. Now, if you're thinking that his unidentified attacker was probably Karu Hanayama, you'd be right. Like he starts a lot of the sentences with like, well, I've heard around the town and then like five specific trivia facts about him. Yeah, he's like, I've, I, I've heard of Hanayama. You know, the guy who was able to uh, rip a playing card deck in half with his bare fingers. Yeah, either the police force is talking about Hanayama a lot, or this guy is uh, using them as an excuse for his fandom of Hanayama. <laughs> I thought he was a good narrator, though. He seemed to have a very in-depth knowledge of Hanayama and also, like, karate techniques and um, just just general combat. Oh, yeah, he was very informed. He was a. I was surprised he was just a. I guess in this one episode. Yeah. I oh, assume he's not returning. Nah, he ain't coming back. I also like that we got one sentence from what I assume is like the general narrator of the show. Yes. Like yeah. it sounded like a like a voice that wasn't that, and then he said something. Yeah, he comes in for like one second and says something like. And the policeman saw it all. <laughs> and then we're just with the policeman for like 10 minutes. Yeah, you got to do like a little, he's like the the MC, you know. <laughs> he's introducing the other narrators. I think he also comes up later, the actual narrator, but I thought it was the doctor talking the whole time. And then it went back to the doctor and he suddenly had a deeper voice as like, oh, that was the narrator. To be fair, that doctor did have an especially goofy voice, so I can I can understand the um, the confusion. How are we supposed to explain this? So the fight continues, uh, now told in, from the third person perspective of some police officer who was there. Speck snuck up behind the car, flipped it over, and then, and what was a surprise to me because I honestly forgot about it, uh, pulled out a pistol and just shot Hanayama like in the knee a few times. And I thought, woof! thank goodness that's enough. And then he pulled out a second pistol and shot Hanayama in the other knee, which I thought was honestly not cool. I was very surprised that he had 
like just a pistol and that was his go-to thing like i wasn't sure i didn't think it was going to be that kind of show and also like why didn't he start with the gun oh i there's there's a line we skipped that i think it's like the police the police yeah. is talk, he's talking he's just like, actually incidents like this are why i support arming the police with high caliber machine guns and that's why I support uh, arming the entire police force with heavy <laughs> machinery, machine guns. <laughs> this is going that's straight like a to one the record. <laughs> yeah, just just a little little peer into the character of Sergeant Kiraha right there. Just get a little bit into his uh, politics and why he thinks he should get <laughs> machine guns. Maybe none of this even happened. Maybe he just made this all up as a, an excuse for him to get those high caliber high caliber rifles. <laughs> yeah, it's all set up. Yeah, so at, then after shooting him in the knee a few times, um what 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 does Hanayama do? I think that's when the flashbang then goes off, um blinding him and then he gets put into a rear naked choke which is um, unescapable. I, I take Sergeant Kiraha's words on that. Um, unless... Well, let's loop back to the, uh, to, the flash, to the flash thing first. Oh, sure, sure. Because, because it, it, it alludes to this uh, bus kidnapping as if it was an event. It, did that happen in the series? No, I think that's a real thing that happened in Japan probably in... 20 years ago when this manga was written because because he says it's just like that infamous bus kidnapping yeah i have no idea what he's referring to i think it's a real world thing i don't think on baki there was you know how i can tell it didn't happen in baki because they solved it with a flashbang grenade instead of sending in a really buff guy to beat up everybody well but does it exist in the real world let's ask editors steve so from what I can tell, this is a real incident, the Neomugacha incident, which was a real bus jacking in Japan in the year 2000, which was solved using stun grenades. Wow, Editor Steve, that was so informative. <laughs> yeah, I we guess, can always I guess rely we'll on out. you. <laughs> let's, let's keep moving, because apparently it's been answered. <laughs> so so how, did, how did Hanayama escape the rear naked uh, chokehold that Spec had? on him oh is this like a quiz i don't remember okay. um, i can i can tell you i i more just want to get your thoughts on the idea that kaneyama grabbed onto speck's arm so hard that he was able to rip the fl- rip the muscle off the bone basically oh are we gonna skip when he sh- tries to shoot him and it goes through his mouth oh that's it that's i knew i was jumping ahead of something right 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 i think right. It, it, i did briefly touch on it before but i think it deserves a deep dive how great of a move that is right. be like you can't shoot me in the face because my face is already gone yeah so for, for reference Speck points uh, the pistol the second pistol that he had right in Hanayama's defeated mouth um, oh then, what's he gonna do <laughs> at the last minute Hanayama uh, turns to the <laughs> side and the bullet goes straight out his cheek uh, straight out the f- hole in his face. <laughs> See, he turned his head at the last second, so the bullet went straight through his neck. Proving the bullets are uh, ineffective. And you that- would think that would be his greatest weakness. 
but it turns out to be one of his greatest strengths. <laughs> I also enjoyed when they sent him out in the beginning with a with a mask on. Oh yeah, I, over his like blown up face. <laughs> it's just a little bandana. Yeah, I liked that because his his face was pretty hideous. So, the fight more or less after the gunshot. We finally get to the rear naked choke, which Hanayama uses his gigantic hands to uh, rip the flesh off Speck's bones and thigh for some reason. Horrible way to lose a fight, I would say. Speck then... Uh, kind of interesting. Like, we see him, like, rip a chunk of a guy's arm out, and then the cop goes like, but get this, he can take a chunk out of a deck of cards with just two fingers. Isn't that more impressive? I don't... Yes. Hunter, I don't know why they keep referencing that fact. I think every time Hanayama shows up after this, they also bring up that fact and nothing else. Which, it's, like, it is impressive, but it's not something... You have to think about it to be like, oh, yeah, I guess that would be difficult. Yeah. And also, I would if somebody did that to me, I would just assume they're a magician because it's like a playing card trick, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was very strange. But sorry, I cut you off. What was the, the so the second part of the fight? Oh yeah, no, I was just gonna. He's ripped was, out. He's ripping out chunks of flesh. He's ripping out chunks of flesh. Speck sticks a finger in his ear up to his brain. Um, oh which, my god! That's when Speck gave him the finger, all the way up to the knuckle. He probably even reached his brain. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, no. Which had apparently no lasting consequences. I have to assume he's permanently deaf. Like, (laughs) the finger did go quite far up his ear. Well, so I saw him, so he, like, gave him the finger to the camera. And then I assumed that he had, like, curled it in for the punch. So I didn't realize that he had struck (laughs) it into his brain until he, like, pulled it out. And it didn't stop Hanayama at all. Now, here, here's the thing that I, I don't know if I don't know if you caught this in the first episode. So Speck is the death row inmate whose gimmick is that he can hold his breath for five minutes, right? Like he can keep punching. I don't remember keep... anything from the episode one podcast. I I don't even know why these guys are mad at each other. <laughs> like, what are they beefing about? Great question. And honestly, if you'd well. To answer it, it's not going to be much of an answer. Speck came to Tokyo because he wanted to taste defeat. Uh, some guy recruited Hanayama to fight him because Hanayama's a pretty tough dude. They don't really have any beef, Oh, be that honest. explains a lot. Because later, when the guy... We'll get to that later. Yes. The later part was very confusing. Yes. Out of context, but now I understand. Yeah. Um, so he, want, he wanted someone so strong that he could lose in a fight to him yes uh theoretically that was his dream yes that was his dream okay yeah i bet that it's all starting to come together (laughs) (laughs) okay oh my god i didn't that's that's hilarious anyway all i was gonna comment on is speck's gimmick well i mean you see two guys fighting you assume they both want to (laughs) win Yeah, especially if the other guy just doesn't give up and then pulls a pistol to win the fight. But yeah, Speck's gimmick is he can hold his breath for five minutes at a time and then punch you for five minutes without breathing in his signature move, the apnea rush. 
and I thought it was sort wait, of ironic. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> does, does breathing slow down punching significantly? Like, is, is that, can't you breathe while you punch? Sorry, this was explained uh, in the last episode. <laughs> uh, in, if you knew anything about boxing, you'd know that when you breathe, that's when the other guy punches you. Um, according from, to from this the, uh, From the intro to the show i assume that there would be some boxing in it no <laughs> but no don't worry not just, one mention of boxing if you wait till later in the season when muhammad ali shows up but uh not yet um i, I that's a get for the show <laughs> yeah they got him the voice act oh my god um anyway spec the master of holding his breath uh, loses by being choked um which to me doesn't make any sense because it should take five minutes for him to be choked out but he gets choked out in like 20 seconds so he gets choked out by a man who can't hold his breath because he can't close his mouth <laughs> <laughs> it's not possible that would be so difficult like he'd have to do like the home alone face if he wanted to like hold his breath Oh, they should have him do that at some point. That I would think... be great. It's the perfect pose for him. Very fits his mood. He's also like, I think he's like 19 in this episode. Like, he... Well, who knows what age anyone is in this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's the perfect segue into the next part. So this is this is one of my all-time favorite moments in Baki. We cut to the hospital. Uh, where a doctor is looking over Speck's body. It's on a bunch of life support. Um, but what's interesting is Speck looks a lot worse than he did in the previous fight. So, Catherine, do you want to explain what happened to Speck? Well, it's as if you're looking at the corpse of Speck. So he's like, he's got all of his tattoos because otherwise God knows who this guy is. Like, he's like a frail old man hooked up to like life support uh with these like cool doctors standing over him and so the doctor mentions that when he arrived at the hospital you would have thought this patient was in the early years of middle age i would have said 50 55 at most but he is in fact 97 but he did not look 55 <laughs> i hope i look like spack at 55 a very buff 55 yeah but an extremely buff 97 so it well, turned not out at all it turned out buck uh, uh it turned out specs been 97 for the entire series so remember to keep that in mind when thinking back at everything that's happened and how a 97 year old man escaped out of a submarine and held his breath for five minutes um but but has so was he ever young? Was he ever, like, why did he stop aging in mid-50s? I think at 50, he found his dream. And that kept him alive with full energy. Um, <laughs> I, th I think to, to explain this, we need to tell the audience about the, the story of Jack Lee Biondi. Um, <laughs> Can you can you walk Jack me? Lee beyond? Oh, is that is that the the other dude that <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he couldn't just tell someone just tell the story of what's his name? What's the tattoo guy's name? Speck. 
Yeah, I don't know why we couldn't hear Speck's origin story, but instead we hear a very similar story of a completely different man <laughs> that had the same age issue. In 1976, a treasure hunter by the name of Jack Lee Biondi discovered a sunken ship off the California coast. Only 14 days after discovering the treasure, Biondi was dead, at which they made a startling announcement that the cause of death was old age. To say this was a surprise to his colleagues and friends would be an understatement. Even Belinda, his wife of 20 years, couldn't understand it. Jack Lee Biondi, explorer and adventurer, a seemingly healthy and fit middle-aged man in the prime of his life, was in fact 88 years old. Yeah. And what, what happens? I think it's that he's very rich. He, he was a treasure hunter who searched his whole life for one treasure. Um, and then after he found it, uh, Jack Lee Biondi, 50, who looked like a 50-year-old playboy millionaire, um, died of old age a week later because he was actually <laughs> 103. I really, I really love when they cut to his wife, who's like, what? <laughs> Even his wife didn't. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh. That must have been a wild week for her. <laughs> Just... Oh my god! So, of an old age within a week. She, found the and treasure. she would have, so, she would have inherited the, a billion dollars. <laughs> big, big day for her. Very confusing. But yeah. so then it so it concludes with it's like once you achieve your dream, you <laughs> die of old age. And then the the doctor's assistant or whatever he's standing by, just like wait his dream. How'd he achieve his dream by losing a fight and getting beaten senseless? And then I'm like, yeah, that makes no sense. But, and then we're in the classroom with Baki. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> never never to be answered. <laughs> like, what, like I, I, I thought maybe it was something that was going to come up in a later episode. No, he, he accomplished his dream. He was defeated for once. and That, that was it. Well, I mean, in a way, that's such like a a nice happy ending for Speck. Like he achieved he achieved his dream, and we know that he was happy and contented because he immediately died of old age. That's how I want to go. What, Man, one, I gotta one... find a dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have until you're like ninety seven. Well, actually, I think you find your dream well, in no, your fifties you... is the goal. Well, you you want to find your dream at whatever age you want to lock in. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I guess, I guess we should move quickly. But it has to be a really unobtainable dream, because if you get your dream, then you just... It, it's, it's like you're the Wicked Witch of the West, and you just start melting. <laughs> oh, man. Um, one, one, one thing I wanted to bring up, because Baki has a habit of taking, like... I wouldn't say urban legends, but just, like stories and just treating them like fact we discussed this with synchronicity and dynamite in episode one i assumed when i watched baki the first time that the story of jack lee beyond it was just like an urban legend that the author had heard and wrote a character about but he's not he just made up this character too like it, it's it's like he had such a ridiculous about idea. The, the infamous bus crash okay yeah like well, was we, that was that real I think it was. And 
we and the audience oh wait i already i already know (laughs) i already know i forgot i that i did learn the answer to that and i do know (laughs) yes perfect anywho um jackley biondi not a real story speck also not a real story holding your breath for five minutes and punching a guy the entire time probably not real but yeah that's that's the end of speck um that's the end of the first full fight in baki i'd say so we're down to only four death row inmates it's a bit it's a, it's a bit of a shame they're on death they're on death row <laughs> yeah yeah five death row inmates escaped their jails and came to tokyo to, to find defeat oh okay so is that why they're is is uh hanayama one of them no <laughs> okay <laughs> he's just a so why are they fighting <laughs> They want defeat, and they came to Tokyo, and so Hanayama well, lives Hanayama in Tokyo. Also want, does Hanayama also want defeat? I'll be honest, Hanayama hasn't spoken a line of dialogue, honestly, until <laughs> the fight started. So we, his motivation seemed to be that he just, I don't know, maybe he felt, like, peeved off at these guys. It, I think he has the least depth of anybody into his motivation. And least depth in his face skin. It's, it's there's no depth to that. Good one. <laughs> Hollow. All right. It's really been steered into my mind. That my main takeaway from this episode is that this guy, like, is just walking around with no face and no plan to heal his face. Like he's just carried on. To be honest, that's why I. I... I always give people a heads up that the episode's going to be gory because, you know, Baki has a bit of blood, but I really made sure I gave you a heads up because I was like, this, this is disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I can handle a cartoon, cartoon gore though. If it was, if this was like a live action thing, I would be, it would, it would be bad. But also I didn't know that, I think if I hadn't had the context that a bomb just went out off in his mouth, I would find it more disgusting than like, this dude just has three mouths, which is what I thought it was for most of the episode. Hanayama. I didn't. I didn't know anything about Baki. Form. I didn't. I thought maybe it, it was the monsters kind of anime. Where, I mean, where, realistic. Where Hanayama punched a guy twenty feet in the air and then got electrocuted, Bugs Bunny style. Kaoru Hanayama's power had transcended that of the gods. Um. Yeah. No. It's well. On the topic of realism. I would have said that maybe this isn't a super realistic show, uh, but Baki's teacher um, in the next scene has a lot of really grounded points that uh, I, I think we could touch on. Uh, so just just to set the stage after we finish with Speck in the hospital and the, the story of Jack Lee Biondi, um, we go to Baki in math class, I believe. I'm looking at it now, literally 17 minutes into the episode is our first mention of Baki or anything about Baki. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in this math class, uh, his teacher starts picking on him uh, because Baki is bad at his class um, and starts talking about how uh, the human mind is more important than the human body. You know, you'll never run faster than a motorcycle. I mean, look, I don't care how fast you can run. You can't outrun a motorcycle. And no matter how strong you are, you can't lift a car completely off the ground. 
No matter how fast you can swim, you can't swim one-tenth as fast as a well-designed speedboat. No matter how high you can jump, you'll never be able to fly like a hang glider. You'll never be able to fully lift up a car. You, even if you can jump really high, you can't fly like somebody with a paraglider. Um, this is also a weird argument, though, because those things are... He's comparing him to technology, not to thinking. Like, you're never going to think better than a computer, right? Like, these aren't feats of the mind. <laughs> it's just a dude on a motorbike. <laughs> you have to actually have a very advanced mind to drive a speedboat or use a motorbike. You, you have to have a really big mind if you want to lift up a car also. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got to think about it a lot. I do yeah. like that we get to see what I assume is Baki's inner... Uh, imagining of him losing to the technology. Hey, wait for me! We got a oh. nice little montage of that. Oh my god, Baki's dialogue during that, like, just like, wait up! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. It's, it's such a funny scene also, because, like, I thought it was, like, really an interesting piece for just, like, a show that's really often about like perfecting the human body and seeing how far that can go for like this math teacher to talk about the limits of um, the human body and then instantly be contradicted. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best part of the episode. And I mean, the, the lead up was already pretty wild, but the scene is wild. <laughs> Doyle, um, our Irishman with metal elbows, who killed Rob Robinson, who we haven't seen in a while. Well, well, Baki's teacher is um, haranguing him uh, in front of the class. Uh, he mentions that uh, even the world's best track and f uh, track and field athlete wouldn't be able to jump up to our second floor window. With very specific <laughs> and weird thing to say. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And he really, like, makes a moment of it. Like, he doesn't just say it once. <laughs> like, he, start, he says it once looking out over the track field, and then he walks around and he keeps saying it. Like, you'll never, you'll well, never then, uh, leap through the window. <laughs> and then under his, un, under his breath, he starts talking about how stairs were invented by people and things like that. Like, it's... <laughs> I don't care if you're the fastest runner or the highest high jumper. The fastest sprinter at full speed from the far side of the field couldn't make the leap up here to this classroom. Nope. You'd have to take the stairs just like everyone else. Stairs, Jeez, give it I might rest, add, will you? were designed by an architect using concentrate. his brain. And I think people in the class are going like, oh, yeah, you'll have to take the stairs. Yeah. Anyway, if you can't guess what happens, um, Doyle, I, I believe from a standing leap, um, jumps through the window from the, from the, like, sec, from the ground, I think, like, the high school track field that he just jumped out of. You see, it's the human intellect that helps us to overcome our physical limitations. I mean, can you imagine someone leaping into this classroom? <laughs> <laughs> And he wasn't listening to the conversation. He just decided to leap in the window like that. That was the best part. I assumed that he that it was a plot hole because he said that I heard something going on, but he doesn't. He just said, I saw your teacher talking to you, so I jumped through the window. 
I saw you sitting here getting chewed out by this gas bag of a teacher, so... I thought I'd do you a favor by skipping the stairs and just leaping right in. <laughs> Leaped! Le <laughs> little did he know! <laughs> the teacher at that very moment was just saying that it would be impossible. <laughs> Also, what was his name again? The dude uh, that Doyle. comes through the window? Because to me, this is just a new dude. <laughs> <laughs> no context has leaped through the window. Which it, it, which I had assumed he had a beef with the... He was going to start talking to the teacher because he had just actively <laughs> defied what he said. But no, he's there for Baki. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he flew from Ireland to um, to taste defeat, just like everyone else. Um, and is Baki... he Irish? He didn't yeah. sound Irish. <laughs> he does not sound Irish at he all. Sound, he sounded equally American. <laughs> well, his name's Doyle. He's from Ireland. He's got red hair. Oh, I didn't know his name was Doyle. <laughs> he doesn't burst through the window and say, hey, I'm Doyle. <laughs> that would have that would have made the scene a lot more clear. I think that would have made it better. Yeah, I I love that scene. After he lands, Doyle of course kicks Baki's teacher's ass, and then Baki pulls a classic Baki move, which shows up way too many times, where he starts crying, but like it's a joke and he's not actually crying. Confused uh, by that. So those were not genuine tears. No. Did it provide him any advantage in his next move? If you saw Doyle, he sort of went, huh? <laughs> so, yes. I was so I, I, confused. It, it's a confusion move. Dorian's used it earlier this season as well. It's... It's Dorian. <laughs> Don't worry about Dorian. <laughs> Dor Dorian will come back in a few episodes. <laughs> but yeah, Baki cries. And then, I don't know what he... I think he kicks his desk into Doyle's face um, for a, about 20 seconds and then the episode ends. And what what an ending. Like, I, I thought things were calming down in the classroom when it... I, and I thought we were just getting our Baki time, but that leap through the window... Starting in a giant fight with Baki. That was a that was quite a note to end on. <laughs> and then are the credits the same in every episode? Where he's yes. just running towards some girl? Kozue, yeah. Oh my god. Oh, and then there's a there's another buff guy at the very ending. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's Baki's dad. Yujiro. Of course. Man, I I was talking about this podcast with one of my one of my friends from volleyball. And she was like, oh, I should come on to the show. You know what? Bring me on when it's an episode about, like, a female character. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Listen, I don't think, the, I don't think the creators show. of... I don't think the, the creators of this show were very interested in that. <laughs> I feel like they're more like, I want to draw some buff guy. <laughs> Just fighting each other. They know are there any female characters? or Like, are there other than, like, the schoolgirls? Um, other than background characters, I'd say there's two. There's Kozue, Baki's girlfriend, who does have an arc this season. Uh, there's a there's someone in, in season three who... Um, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> she, she, she's, a, she's a big character that season. Um, I mean, season three is pretty far away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, 
don't don't worry this is not she, she's not it's 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 more of the same it's not great representation of the other gender any hoot that was the episode um so much happened this is gonna be a tough one to top next week but we'll get to see more of doyle we'll get to see how this fight ends Catherine, i have a few outro questions i ask every episode okay first off did you have any other questions anything unanswered i could clear up for you or do you think we covered everything well i mean i had nothing but questions but i i think i got most of it i know why they're beefing my main one was like why was this his dream <laughs> but that makes <laughs> that makes a lot more sense now yeah, I think I got all of my questions. All right, cool. The second thing I wanted to ask is, the problem is, so I always ask people to define a character. The problem is, every character in this episode has been done so far. So, like, we've done Baki, we've done Speck, we've done Hanayama. Um, I, think the mo- I think the most relevant one we have is Doyle, which who appeared for about one minute in the episode. So with, with that depth of knowledge, if you had to define Doyle for me, um, how would you define him? Uh, Doyle is a man who, through no skill or intuition of his own, has impeccable timing. <laughs> Just by chance. I like Does it. that work? Is that is that? I don't know anything about his fighting ability other than he's a good jumper. Oh, that has nothing to do. His gimmick is he puts, like, metal blades in his body that can, like, stick out. Well, I mean, that did not come up in this episode. All he does is leap through glass. All right, last question. I can tell you what... Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, what's the last question? This is the big one. Now that you've watched an episode of Baki, do you think it's a good show? It's it's an entertaining show. I feel like it's, it's hard to tell because... There's a lot of, like, loose ends that I assume... There's a lot of questions I assume were answered in previous episodes and a lot of things wrapped up that I think will come in later episodes. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Yes, I would say it's a it's a good show. I think that's the first yes we've gotten. We've gotten a lot of ones with asterisks. This is, this is a big day for You Bobby. know what it is? It's a show that knows what it is. And I love shows like that. Give give me Riverdale. Give me um, I don't know. Give me Sabrina. Give me Baki. Like shows that are just off the rails. Off the rails it. because that's where they want to go. Because they, they they exactly. Yes, I I agree. I appre- I appreciate that. I would not want a version of Baki where all everything makes perfect sense. I don't think that would improve the show. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't need I don't need Baki angst or anything like that. All right. Well, that's that's all the questions I had. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Catherine. Um, it was a great episode. Um, well, it was actually my dream to be on this show. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm dying of old age. Wait, if you die of old age and I'm your twin, good, good, good thing don't I don't live. My don't. final words is never live your dreams. <laughs> all right well thanks Catherine. um that's all the baki we got to talk you today uh tune in next week for episode seven on now apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and Podbean. all right see ya